Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for listening. This is episode 84 of the Undisputed Future Podcast. I am your host, C.D. Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT discussion going on episode 84 of that UFP show that talks about the NXT show. It's a bit of a cloudy Monday morning in Carmela's kayfabe kingdom of Staten Island, New York. And I'm very excited to talk about the most recent happenings in NXT. So without any further ado, let's jump right into some exciting and honestly a little bit unsettling action from this weekend's live events. And I will be also discussing the April 24th edition of NXT television. But I do want to discuss the NXT live event circuit at this time. Incredible matches lined up exclusively almost to the people in attendance. We see some interactions that we may not get on NXT TV and certainly some events unprecedented and nothing you ever thought you would really get to see in the world of pro wrestling. One of these strange happenstances unfortunately occurring to referee Tom Caster breaking his leg in the middle of the Velveteen Dream and Tyler Breeze main event. That's right, you did hear that correctly. Tyler Breeze back on the NXT live event circuit. I'm not sure what this is going to do for the Fashion Police tag team. I'm not sure if this is the first incorporation of NXT being a part of the Superstar shakeup, but nevertheless, a dream matchup as far as charisma and talent goes with Tyler Breeze taking on the Velveteen Dream. Hopefully something we'll get to see even more of a rivalry on NXT television. A North American Championship match did occur to a lot of people's surprise for Tyler Breeze, so hopefully he continues his stance on wanting that championship and being able to to perform in front of an audience that really, truly appreciates the talent and the character development that Tyler Breeze has shown. Tyler Breeze having his most successful of singles runs in NXT. But to discuss referee Tom Caster breaking his leg, but still finishing the matchup. That is NX tough, in my opinion, and I wish him nothing but the best, and of course, a speedy recovery. Another interaction on these NXT live event circuits that I'm really looking forward to, and hopefully seeing a lot more of on NXT television, One talent I've particularly had my eyes on, and I know I'm not the only one on the Boogs cruise, but Eric Boogenhagen having quite the air guitar, air drum, just air instrument contest collaboration with a tag team I will get to discussing in just a matter of moments, the Street Profits. Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins, and Boogenhagen really tearing the house down with an in-ring performance. Bugenhagen has charisma for days. I can see him being a major player on NXT television very, very soon. Our only exposure to him was a match with Drew Gulak on NXT TV and hypnotizing charisma right off the bat. If you haven't checked out any of his pre- I'm not sure if it's pre-pro wrestling, but definitely pre-NXT television, his weightlifting and just jacked up with energy workout videos Definitely displaying this charisma and showing exactly why he can become one of the standout and most fun talents on the entire roster. So I wish nothing but the best and hopefully some more recurring NXT television airtime 
for Mr. Bugenhagen and the Street Profits taking place in a major NXT Tag Team Championship match with the Viking War Raiding Experience. Still not really sure what to call those guys. Anyway, let's jump right into April 24th edition of NXT television, starting off with another standout talent, but of the 205 Live roster appearing to pull double duty on this one, Humberto Carrillo taking on the Forgotten Sons, Jackson Riker. I'm going to plead this again. Please get Jackson Riker some bigger opponents for NXT TV. Yes, he's displaying dominance, but I'm really not buying into it considering the size of opponents he is taking on. Let him monster and manhandle over a believable opponent. However, the flip side of that is in general, I am a fan of the David versus Goliath sort of stories. I like the power versus speed elements of certain matchups, but I really don't think it's contributing much to Jackson Riker at this point. Nevertheless, a slight showing Humberto Carrillo did get to display in this matchup. Impressive athleticism. You could catch it all on 205 Live. Really seeing really seeing him as a sort of rebuild period with the absences of Mustafa Ali. Tony Nese, the new Cruiserweight champion at the helm, looking to rebuild the division with the now absence of Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy getting shaken up to SmackDown Live. Cannot possibly wait to see what dream matches await the juggernaut on the main roster. But Humberto Carrillo getting a slight chance to show what he's about, but it would really lead to nothing more than a brutal assault on the outside by Jackson Riker, pushing this match to a no contest, and Riker was absolutely relentless on this young, promising talent. The beatdown, not just on the outside of the ring, but into the NXT audience, and up against the barricades and the wall and the seating structure appearing in full sail. Just these absolutely decimating knee strikes. It was a very impressive looking beatdown. It did display how Jackson Riker is able to throw his weight around when it comes to smaller opponents. It does show him as a threat. I'm not disputing that fact. But it doesn't display him as a threat to more appropriately sized talents. One man I would not mind seeing him lock up with is the limitless Keith Lee. I do want to see a Jackson Riker and Keith Lee matchup in the future. Hopefully Keith Lee is over these injuries and things that have plagued him and the delay in his rivalry with Dominic Dijakovic. Back to Riker's relentless assault though. One-two punch would come to the rescue for the help of Carrillo and at the expense of the Forgotten Sons. Cutler and Wesley Blake forcing Riker to back off this relentless assault. And you could see the drive in Riker's eyes on how badly he wants to hurt people and just how badly he wants to run over and destroy these smaller opponents with singles victories over Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan already, respectively. So one-two punch, knowing firsthand what Riker is all about, not allowing this mentality and this assault to continue, the bald bruising from Boston and Britain, not standing for any sort of bullying in NXT at the hands of the Forgotten Sons. Forgotten Sons, talking about them as a whole, able to make it to the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals. Jackson Riker undefeated thus far in singles action. I do see big plans in this stable's future. In my humble opinion, 
Faction booking is a lost art across the board in professional wrestling. Obviously, we have the one and possibly only exception at this point in the Bullet Club. Bullet Club able to stand the test of time so far with its rotating roster and standouts of leaders and who are the future champions of that stable. But the Undisputed Era, even on the decline as far as they'll go, I'm going to get into them in a little bit. But the Forgotten Sons do seem to be standing strong as a unit, do seem to be able to display their dominance, and kind of finding themselves in an interesting rivalry here when it comes to 1-2 Punch. Danny Birch, Oni Lorcan never appear to shy away from a hard-hitting matchup, and I really do think we'll see some grit and hard strikes when they do lock up with the Forgotten Sons in future tag team action. And Humberto Carrillo able to bring a speed element that Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan may not necessarily have. And by that I mean the athleticism side and the high-flying side of what Humberto Carrillo brings to the table. Oni Lorcan able to fly around the ring in his own reckless way, but Humberto Carrillo really does bring the aerial combat side to a different sort of level. So 1-2 punch, Humberto Carrillo forming this alliance to make sure the Forgotten Sons can forget about their bullying mentality. So I'm actually looking forward to the inevitable six-man tag team match when it comes to these six individuals. Oni Lorcan presumably on his way out of working NXT television with his most recent showings on 205 Live. Danny Burch, I can really see being a mainstay and sort of the veteran role when it comes to NXT UK talents. I'm hoping for just an amicable split between these two. I don't need to see a betrayal storyline, especially when it comes to a team that was built on their singles rivalry. Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch having their own impressive series of matches before deciding to join forces. Think Sheamus and Cesaro with just a bit less than a best of seven series. So I don't think any sort of betrayal and backstabbing is necessary when a team forms out of sportsmanship and respect, but I do kind of see these guys fizzling out of NXT TV and Carrillo and Oni Lorcan both becoming staples of the now-developing 205 Live roster. It's an interesting dynamic, Forgotten Sons versus these three impressive talents. Honestly, staying tuned for what's to come there. Something else kind of foreseen to be inevitable is an interaction between the King of Bros, the OG bro, Matt Riddle, and Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole and Matt Riddle both at one point before NXT TakeOver New York with their eyes set on the North American Championship. Cole, the inaugural champion, looking to also become the first ever two-time North American Champion, and Matt Riddle really proving that his rivalry with the Velveteen Dream is no joke and kind of seems to be taking a bit of a trip onto the back burner for now, but a photo shoot of Cole's would be interrupted by the King of Bros. Now, Cole trying to dust off and push aside Matt Riddle, saying he has championship aspirations and bigger things to worry about. But Matt Riddle continuing the push for this matchup that we have been hoping for since before TakeOver New York. 
This was the triple threat match that I thought we would get to see. I thought Cole would make his final stand for that North American title. I thought maybe the title would go to Matt Riddle without Velveteen Dream being pinned in this situation. Very similar to the prediction I had for Shayna Baszler losing the Women's Championship. Obviously, that not coming true, so let's just gloss over that point. But Matt Riddle and Adam Cole, an inevitable, charismatic clash between these two. A singles match kind of foreshadowed before TakeOver. We saw glimpses of what it could have been in the fatal five-way number one contendership for NXT TakeOver New York. So I'm really happy this isn't an angle that was just tossed to the side and forgotten about due to the changing of circumstances in the NXT championship picture. So Cole claiming he has bigger things to worry about and bigger things to set his sights on, but Matt Riddle calling out the possibility that Cole is scared to step into the ring with the original bro. Adam Cole striking back with some language that kind of won't affect a man with as laid back and go with the flow personality that Matt Riddle does have. Matt Riddle wants Adam Cole to talk all this, but then back it up in a match with him in the ring. But, of course, all of this would conclude, Cole's photo shoot would wrap up, and Matt Riddle would certainly strike a pose, bro. Cannot wait for this matchup. Really, really can't. I think it's the exact rivalry that NXT needs outside of a title picture. Two of arguably the most charismatic and leadership-filling roles we have seen in NXT. I do mean that literally in the sense of Adam Cole being the undisputed era's faction leader, but I do see it in Matt Matt Riddle with a star power sort of role. The man is ready. He can step out. He's got an incredible connection with the crowd. Honestly, I can see him based on the, it sounded like to me, mixed reaction he received in his match with Velveteen Dream. Of course, it's very hard to get a crowd to be fully on your side when you're taking on a talent of the charisma and ability of Velveteen Dream, but Matt Riddle able to handle everything, very calm, very chill, kind of wonder what uh, what might push that sort of mentality and uh, demeanor, but I am not here to talk about people's recreational uh, habits or activities. I'm here to talk about this match, and I cannot wait to see it happen. I'm wondering where it's going to go from here. Do both these men still have their sights on the North American Championship? Is Adam Cole still laser-focused on Johnny Champion? Can Adam Cole prove that it was a 2 out of 3 fluke match at TakeOver New York? Does Matt Riddle have his sights set higher than the NXT North American Championship? Could Matt Riddle want to jump up and have a submission exhibition with Johnny Champion? The Bro Mission versus the Gargano Escape, I can also see being a headlining match. That sort of babyface versus babyface dynamic, I really think could bring an interesting element to the NXT Championship scene. So definitely shoot me your thoughts on this Adam Cole and Matt Riddle rivalry. I definitely see it being one of the hottest talked about topics on the upcoming weeks of NXT TV. Switching gears over to the women's division, but not fully switching gears because it is still tag team action. A very hyped up, a very tag team focused match and uh, episode of NXT television this week here team. We had Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne, the 
bad, bougie, and born connection taking on Candice LeRae and a mystery partner of her choosing. And I personally could not be happier with this pick. One of my personal up-and-coming favorites on the roster, I am talking about the American Ninja Warrior, Casey Catanzaro. Casey and Candice versus Aaliyah and Bourne. I gotta tell you, this Aaliyah and Bourne tandem really seems to be working. Aaliyah is an NXT veteran. Now that's very hard to do. It's not a situation a lot of people are put in or find themselves in. It's sort of supposed to be this winding path towards a main roster women's spot. But Aaliyah just unfortunately unable to really find herself and what can make her stand out and really piece everything together as a solo act. And maybe it's not for everybody. Maybe needing somebody to play off of. Maybe needing somebody else to boost the emphasis on her personality and really give her a chance to play off of can help Aaliyah in the future. And with this growing women's tag team division and being that the champions can defend on all three of these brands can really push for some new up-and-coming teams on NXT TV. And I can see Aaliyah and Bourne becoming a big-time heel team in the future. Definitely emphasis on bad when it comes to the bad and bougie, ruthless tandem of these two. I really enjoyed the offense and the chemistry that Bourne and Aaliyah do seem to be showing, really forcing Casey to her absolute limits in this one. She took an absolute beating at the hands of these two in really creative ways. One would hang up Casey in the ropes and Aaliyah would capitalize on top of it and a quick tag after that keeping each other fresh in the most twisted and dishonest of ways, I guess, for lack of a better term here. Casey would take a beating, but just need a slight opening to execute a really impressive double neck breaker, and the American Ninja Warrior would find her way flying to her tag team partner, and Candice LeRae would roll on this hot tag. I'm not going to get into every single one of her moves. Really impressive High-flying stuff. Candice LeRae, one of the best NXT women's talents. I'm really happy she's getting her own chance to shine and her individual storyline. Candice knows her husband is NXT champion. We know their relationship at this point. We need Candice LeRae to be able to fly solo towards success and possibly give us a women's version of the underdog story that her husband found himself in so many times on his path towards the NXT championship. But Candice and Casey, I'm not going to jump past anything for Candice as a solo competitor. I'm going to enjoy this tag team for as long as it exists. Candice and Casey, both very easy to root for. The in-ring ability is outstanding. The athleticism is impressive and really looking forward to these new sort of combinations of women when it comes to building this women's tag team division all the way down here in NXT. And something I've been dying to call since I heard Mr. Mauro Ronaldo say it on this past broadcast of NXT television, the flying moonsault, springboard lion salts, however you want to phrase it, I'm just going to call it Hip Hip Luray. And I'm not sure if that's the name of the move. I'm not sure if it was just a brilliant call to capitalize on the action by Mauro. But if it's the name of a finisher, I'm really... Props up to uh, major pun points to whoever developed that one. 
Beautiful moonsault for the W. Casey and Candice victorious as their first time teaming together. Casey's a great talent. You could see their relationship goes past them just in NXT television. These two have known each other for a long time. That's kind of what sort of stood out with me, able to bring on this chemistry almost immediately. So Candice and Casey continue their success. Aaliyah and Bourne have been impressive and do have a win or two under their belts as a team as well. I'm really seeing this as a rivalry with two sets of clashing personalities that can continue. And the women's tag team division, just like every other division, will need some rivalries, not just tag team championship focused. We need reasons why these sets of women might want to compete with each other. And I can definitely see this clash of personalities taking off as far as NXT women's tag teams go. I start talking Casey and Candice and the Velveteen Dog Colin walks right over to my side here. How you doing, buddy? You good? You ready to talk about women's solo action now? Yeah? What do you think of Io Shirai? I think a lot about Io Shirai. I think Io Shirai's grit and determination and wanting to step up and avenge her friend Kairi Sane is admirable. I think Io Shirai not letting this friendship dissipate and not letting Shayna Baszler's past actions on this most recent NXT Women's Championship defense go without some punishment and at least trying to explain her side of the disgust with the champion, but it would be interrupted by the Queen's Army, Shafir, Duke, and the champion herself would blindside Io Shirai right in the middle of an interview, so let's call it like we see it, Shirai and Shayna being set up for the future of the NXT Women's Championship. I talked underdog stories with Candice LeRae. This has a bit of those elements to it, but it's an Avengers storyline, as most recently I can put it. And uh, shout out to anybody who's seen Endgame. This is not an Endgame spoilers edition of the show. We live in the spoiler-free zone here on the UFP. So uh, if you've seen it, don't spoil the Endgame. And uh, I thought it was a fantastic movie. Avenging... Kyrie Sane is the point and purpose of Io Shirai at this point. Kyrie Sane, costly in the best possible way, I suppose. I mean, Kyrie getting her last shot at Shayna Baszler for that NXT Women's Championship, almost coming with a heavy price. Kyrie's arm in very much danger. We've seen it happen at the hand of Dakota Kai and so many others in this division, Shayna Baszler picking apart the arm, elbow, pretty much any body part you leave exposed, the submission magician is going to find a way. So Shirai costing Kyrie, but saving her health. And Io Shirai wanting to avenge this injustice that has happened to her best friend at the hands of the champion. And what better way to do that than explaining her disgust and attempting to take the champion down herself. But of course, when you got backup in the form of mixed martial artists like Jessamyn Duke, like Marina Shafir, and you're able to throw your weight around as tough as you are yourself, Shayna Baszler rarely has anything to worry about. Cannot wait to see where this NXT Women's Championship side of things go. I wonder who's going to step up aside Shirai at this point. We've seen Kyrie move up to SmackDown Live in a unique tandem with Asuka, the dominant NXT Women's Champion for over 500 days, with the hands and help 
of the first ever NXT Women's Champion page up there on SmackDown Live. So there's a lot of chemistry and connection holding those three together. Now that I'm getting a chance to express my thoughts out loud as far as that stable is concerned. Anyway, looking to see who steps up and stands beside Shirai when it comes to Shafir, Duke, and the champ. Maybe it could be the most recently discussed tag team of Candice LeRae and Casey Catanzaro. You really don't see those two taking too kindly to bullying either. So a lot of action, a lot of standout talents, and a lot developing on this road to the next takeover. A lot just kind of in this quote-unquote lull period because there really is no lull period, even if it is between takeovers. We see high-profile championship matches, like I'm getting ready to discuss for the tag team championships between the War Viking Raiders and the Street Profits. We've seen tag team championship classics with Mustache Mountain and the Undisputed Era on NXT television. We saw Tommaso Ciampa's title reign begin on an NXT television airing. So just because it's between takeover... Do not think for a second you can keep your eyes off of regularly broadcasted NXT TV because the road towards the next takeover is always filled with the right amount of twists and turns and debuts and championship defenses and really just need to stay tuned and really drink it all in, man. Speaking of new debuts, and this is completely unintentional because I didn't see that this was my next note point here, Kushida! Kushida, the most recent signing to the NXT brand, the Japanese warrior, brings it all to the black and yellow brand very, very soon. At the rate of this episode being released, it will be next week, but from the April 24th edition of NXT TV, it would be just a couple of weeks, and William Regal seems to be all in on the Japanese talent. William Regal saying nothing but standout and great things about Kushida, and understandably so. Check out his work any possible way you can. I've been doing my own personal research. The man is ruthless, he's charismatic, and he's got it all to become a big-time player in NXT. Hopefully gets to see things with a bit more of luck and health on his side than, unfortunately, talents like Hideo Itami have come and gone and unfortunately have faced. William Regal seeming to be debating one important question, and that is who would be Kushida's first opponent on NXT TV. And where there's a new signing, there is Cassius Ono. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And where there's somebody and a new shiny toy to play with, Cassius Ono wants in on it. Cassius back from a bit of a stint or cross-promotional work, I'm not sure how we want to label this one. Nevertheless, making some unforgettable appearances on NXT UK, including a slobber knocker of a match with now NXT United Kingdom Champion, excuse me, WWE United Kingdom Champion on NXT UK. Of course, I'm talking about the Austrian giant known as Walter. Cassius wants another shot at another new toy brought in by Mr. Regal. Cassius versus Kushida would be confirmed for next week after a bit of kind of the same selling points that Cassius Ono tends to bring, but I am nevertheless excited for a good old-fashioned Japanese strong-style 
match. Even though Cassius claims when people think Japanese aerial combat, nobody knows it better than him. I understand the man is well-traveled, but when I think Japanese aerial ability, forgive me if Cassius Ono isn't the first name that crosses my mind. But Cassius versus Kushida this coming week on NXT TV definitely should be main event and definitely will be the match of that evening. Very excited for Kushida's reign in NXT to begin. And very excited for a reign to continue on NXT TV. I'm talking, of course, about the War Raiders. And disclaimer, I will be referring to them as such. The War Raiders, Hanson and Rowe, taking on the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford, in what I first perceived to be a non-title match. Based on their interaction coming out of William Regal's office, I kind of made the assumption that it would be a title match, and then you read some things differently online, and then words get twisted, and we find ourselves watching NXT television with the championship on the line. And you really couldn't ask for much more when it came to this matchup. Street Profits playing it smart and playing it fast when it comes to taking it directly to the War Raiders. Early jump literally, by Montez Ford, would lead to a dynamic and incredible matchup between these two teams. Street Profits doing everything by whatever means necessary to attempt the advantage over Hanson and Rowe. An impressive, I think it's a tope con hero. I'm not a play-by-play guy full-time, so forgive me if I call that wrong, but an over-the-top rope senton really getting all of that height and crashing right down on both of the NXT Tag Team Champions. Ford and Dawkins wanting to get a fast start to this matchup, taking the two by surprise. You don't really get the chance to get the jump on rampaging Vikings very often. Usually these guys are always in war, in a war mindset, always ready for battle, but even the most unexpected of attacks can take one off guard. And this would come down almost immediately. So very close on the first fall frog splash to having new tag team champions in NXT. Not exactly pieced together yet. Hanson and Rowe way too relentless and unable to be defeated so quickly. I enjoyed this interaction because it's two very balanced and very complete teams when we talk about the Raiders and when we talk about the Prophets. Dawkins bringing the force and the fight, and the power, but doesn't lack speed himself. Montez Ford, known for his speed, known for his aerial ability, but can never be overlooked when it comes to strength of his own. Hanson and Rowe, we've seen them do things that men their size should not. I am a huge fan of the 305 Live call when they display cartwheels and aerial ability and the springboard monstrosity of moves that they are able to bring on their opponents. It was a really great back and forth, and Full Sail was really behind the profits. I'm not sure if that's driven by this sort of relentless heel persona the Raiders have gotten, especially when it comes to Monday Night Raw, getting the jump on the Lucha House Party and so forth, taking out the fan favorites. But people want to cheer for these guys. People want to be able to applaud 
when hand-springing Hansen does his thing and Roe topples over two opponents with unbelievable power bombs and power slam. It's it's a really conflicting feeling when it comes to watching the Raiders at this very moment, especially when some people might be new to them on Raw, and I know I'm going off on uh, something I promised I wouldn't, and that's their booking on the Superstar Shakeup portion, still yet to come out with their NXT Tag Team Championships. I'm not sure if it's because they're going by two different names on two different shows. It is very confusing. I'm really hoping I'm not the only one who is sharing this sentiment right now, but it's really hard to say where the War Raiders stand as far as fan reactions right now. Full Sail, very behind the Street Profits. You always want to see the unexpected title change, like I mentioned before, on NXT television. But the power would pick up, Thor's hammer would strike down, and the Street Profits would be defeated at the hands of Hanson and Rowe, continuing their undefeated reign on NXT TV. I believe I'm seeing a record of 11, 12, and 0. I was scrolling social media before, and I'm pretty sure that uh, that a record of 12 and 0 was displayed for these guys. But are they undefeated in total? Are they showing off a record exclusively for NXT? I believe that is it. I can probably count 12 matches they've had on NXT. They've obviously haven't had 12 matches since being called up to Monday Night Raw. But the undefeated streak continues. The raid goes on and really can't wait to see how the NXT Tag Team Champions are able to book not just double booking match-wise and television appearance-wise, but double bookings as far as their characters are concerned as well. Which way into the skid will they steer? Are they going full monster heels eventually on the main roster? Does this build begin on NXT and just rise up continuing two Monday nights? We can only wait and see. But one thing is for sure, the Viking Raiders are continuing their war path on NXT as the War Raiders and NXT Tag Team Champions. Great match though, top to bottom, definitely my match of the week. And that includes this major main event between NXT Champion Johnny Champion Johnny Gargano taking on Undisputed Era's Roderick strong. And before I discuss that match, I do want to thank each and every one of you for listening. Again, this is probably going to be the next to last time because I'm just going to spend a whole chunk of the end of the episode thanking you guys for listening again. But in all sincerity, my mental health has not been the best right now, kind of going through a few things professionally and career-wise that have really been dragging me down. And this podcast and being able to interact with my fellow wrestling fans has really been a way to kind of escape all of that nasty reality stuff that we all have going on and just take a few minutes, take about 45 minutes to an hour to discuss the incredible world of NXT and to have all you guys just standing here with me, giving a listen, whether I'm making a crappy experience just a little bit better or ideally making a good experience even better. No matter how or where you're listening to me, I really do appreciate this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for giving me all of your NXT opinions and keep it up. I'm always looking to interact and always expanding the team of Team NXT. Now let's talk about the main event. Gargano versus Strong. There is one word to personify this interaction and this lockup, and that word is endurance. Both of these men, capable of going the distance and having some long, incredible matchups, 
If you don't believe me, look at their past. Just look at their past anything. Look at Gargano versus Almas. Look at the drive and the heart that he had back in January 2018. Look at Roderick Strong in his reign as Ring of Honor champion one of several times he was able to do that and put on absolutely 40-plus-minute clinics with respective opponents. Roderick Strong laying it all on the line and into Gargano, probably at the advice of Gargano's last opponent being Adam Cole, Bebe, Undisputed Era, not done with Johnny Gargano. I really do see and foresee and predict and hope that Gargano is going to get more singles matches with each member of the Undisputed Era. Cannot wait for what should be a submission clinic between Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly. That's probably my most anticipated matchup going down the line as far as Undisputed Era is concerned. Gargano able to pull it out, but not without an absolutely incredible matchup between these two. The endurance, the cardio, all of the conditioning really coming into effect when it comes to both of these men. Gargano getting his back broken to nobody's surprise at the hands of the Messiah of the backbreaker. And this match was also not due without its fair share of strikes. Roderick Strong spit flying out and probably hitting a pedestrian in the crowd. It looked like he missed a tooth, but it was just one of the largest loogies I have ever seen projectiled from a pro wrestling ring. You really just, I, I can't stop picturing it. It's, it's been a few days since I've watched NXT television, and I could still see that chop connecting and strong spit shrapnel flying across full sail. What's an Undisputed Era match, though, without an appearance from the other members Cole would come to taunt Johnny Gargano. Kyle O'Reilly and Fish would cause chaos on the outside. And the numbers game would once again appear to catch up to Gargano. But not without assistance from the aforementioned OGBRO, Matt Riddle, coming to the aid of Gargano. Gargano and the bro. Kind of seems like a buddy sitcom coming soon to the WWE Network, but nevertheless, it's an unexpected alliance, and I cannot get enough of unexpected alliances when it comes to the NXT title picture. Where will it lead? Is Matt Riddle just trying to get close to the champion? Is Matt Riddle's disdain for Adam Cole really just the only driving factor? There's always a lot of elements when people insert themselves in interactions with the champion himself. Cole, Fish, O'Reilly on the outside. Matt Riddle really laying it into the outside members of the Undisputed Era, but Adam Cole would find a small window of opportunity to get close enough to the ring. Roddy appears to reach out for support to his leader of this faction, and a slight miscommunication would cause a I'm not sure if it's a step-up in Seguri or a float-up or a jump-up. Nevertheless, a jumping roundhouse kick would lead to a shin-bone and instep connecting to the side of Strong's head and causing Gargano to succeed in this matchup. A tornado DDT for the win, and you gotta give the assists to Matt Riddle's distraction, taking Adam Cole's 
minds out of the interference aspect and Cole connecting with the wrong kick to the wrong man leads to a victory for Johnny Champion. Gargano successful in his first singles match as NXT Champion. Granted, non-title defense doesn't really matter. The man is standing tall as champion. Getting past Matt Riddle's reasoning besides messing with Adam Cole, I want to talk about what this might have caused for the Undisputed Era. Because it appears to be causing some undisputed tension amongst the group. Roderick Strong and Adam Cole kind of at odds with each other already, and obviously this includes O'Reilly and Fish as well, because the ending of NXT TakeOver not playing out, and the cards were not stacked in the deck for the Undisputed Era. Gargano able to overcome the numbers game at New York. He's able to overcome the numbers game, not without a miscommunication and assist from Adam Cole, but the Undisputed Era, yes, Last week, it all seemed good. They stepped out together. They reunited together. They beat down Gargano together in a brilliant, executed plan. But a week of miscommunications, seemingly causing an argument, and Roderick Strong to walk ahead of the rest of the group, and not wanting to interact with the rest of the dude crew at the moment. You really feel that tension. You really don't know what's in the future for the Undisputed Era. And that scares me, because I need this faction to stay together, because faction booking is a lost art in the world of pro wrestling, and these guys have been at the top of the food chain, as far as I'm concerned, across the board. Undisputed Era still has a promise to maintain of being draped in championship gold. And granted, that doesn't just necessarily mean NXT championship gold, but that's the lens I'm here to look at it through, and I can really see... Does Adam Cole get a second opportunity at Johnny Gargano? Can Roderick Strong step up to the Velveteen Dream in the North American title picture? Where does his name fit in there? Where does Red Dragon start in rebuilding their claim for NXT Tag Team Championship gold? Can Fish and O'Reilly become part of the Undisputed Era's third reign as NXT Tag Team Champions? I really... It's it's hard to get... All of that in a row while you're disputing and debating and arguing and fighting and miscommunicating with each other as part of your team. They really need to regroup. Undisputed Era needs to get their heads straight. They need to talk things out. They need to get through. I'm not sure if couples therapy is available for wrestling factions, but they need some sort of equivalent to get back on track. The beginning of 2019, that promise was made. And Adam Cole does not seem to be one to make false promises. Cole, Fish, O'Reilly, and Strong need to regroup as a team and really put this undisputed tension aside and find themselves and their strengths revisited in the world of NXT. So definitely give me your thoughts on this subject. Where does the undisputed era stand as a team? Will they be breaking up? On the exact opposite side of that spectrum and promise for championship gold? Will it not get the chance to play out through the end of 2019? That's really something we just have to wait and see. And I cannot wait to see where all of this goes. I cannot wait to take each and every step of this journey alongside with you, Team NXT. 
Thank you so much for listening to another episode. That's about going to wrap it up for me here. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at podcast underscore UF is the at handle. Be sure to reach out to me with your NX takes. Give me any predictions or anything that's spoiler-free. Give me your main roster thoughts as well. I am not shy about tweeting Raw and SmackDown Live live when the time comes. Give me your thoughts on what's upcoming. Immediately reach out to me after Kushida's debut on NXT television because I'm looking for all the exciting takes and opinions that I can when it comes to the newest signing of the NXT roster. Reach out to me on Instagram as well and take a look at wrestling memes and pictures of the Velveteen Dog, Colin, at Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word, is the handle on Instagram. Reach out to me on Facebook, still trying to figure out what I'm doing with my Facebook marketing and social media outreach, but give me a like on Facebook as well. It would really do not just good for my ego, but also for my motivation when it comes to piecing together each and every episode week after week. Can't do this without you. There is no I in Team NXT. Thank you for listening to that UFP show that talks about the NXT show. Stay tuned for all your takes on NXT North American television. I'm going to try and take this time to jump back on the NXT UK bandwagon as well. Keep checking out the World's Collide tournaments. This past week, we were privileged enough to see not just one, but two Candice LeRae matches. These different matchups that we're able to see between the 205 Live roster, NXT UK roster, and NXT roster are, without this show, kind of unprecedented. And really just give me as much of these talents as we can possibly get. Thank you so much for listening. There is no me doing this without you guys. I will talk to you next time. Have a great week. Be safe out there. And remember, we are NXT.